0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 52 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, it's like we're back again. I got Matthew Aguilar here. We're in the what? same place at the same time. We've gotten over our brief divorce. And, uh, I know! It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Are yeah. it was just, just a trial in? trial separation, but uh, we're back together now. And uh, back with us uh, to keep this thing together is uh, producer Jim Viscardi. Hello! And making his proud return
1: is Mr. Adam Barnhart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, fellas.
0: Yeah, I needed a good geek squad today because uh, it's that time of year again where it's time to go full, full geek mode, you know, geek age right. mode for all you anime fans out there as it's Comic-Con time. And this year it's a little bittersweet, of course. We're still in the quarantine arc of our show and, uh, qu- and Comic-Con's joining us. Because this year it's going to be Comic-Con at home due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. So we're all still stuck at home, but, you know, we still are undeterred. We're going to have some fun with Comic-Con. And, uh, yeah, we're going to give you guys a rundown on what there is to see. And by the time you're hearing this, what you should have seen and the good stuff that's going to be coming up. And uh, what we're kind of looking forward to getting out of this. Plus, we got a lot more to talk about, so we got to move fast. We got a new Marvel rumor to break down. Uh, we have another big film delay, this or not film delay, or rather, big change up in film. This time it's Bill and Ted, and we got to talk about what's happening with Bill and Ted Three because there's been some big changes. If we have some time, we might throw it to uh, a forgotten rapper of the '90s. We might be and getting and a and biopic. That's exciting about that. But we got a deep dive because Xbox Series X, just like our PlayStation breakdown, we got to do one for Xbox because this is a fair show and. Uh, still a democratic show for now but uh like where we actually give the people both sides of the issue and so we're gonna give you a rundown of the xbox series x which has just dropped some uh you know important new information that matt's excited to kind of break down and it's a matt heavy show because uh bottom heavy because we're gonna also run down comic con run down this week's comics like i said it's a lot to do and again just like the previous show it's a nice little smorgasbord that gives you a kind of a sense of why we get to have a lot of fun over here at comicbook.com. There's a lot we get to dip into. So let's start it off in Rumorville. Back when I thought this mm. was going to be a much leaner show, I was like, hey, we could flex this out a little bit. It's been a while since we did, you know, talked Marvel. We've been on a DC kick for so long this year. But um, Marvel Studios is still making plans, of course, because even though they've had production shut down, you know, Kevin Feige's mind is always working. And now... A website thinks they stumbled on to what could be a new Marvel film or series based on Marvel's Illuminati. So just like in the real world, in the Marvel Universe, there's, you know, in the 2000s, we found out there has been this secret cabal of Marvel characters, uh, you know, that includes like Professor, that has included Professor X, Mr. Fantastic. um, I'm just blanking. Namer, the Black Panther. All these Did you kind say Doctor really, Strange? No, not yet. Doctor Strange and Iron Man, um, all these very highly intelligent and or kind of influential Marvel figures who formed this secret group that kind of determined the direction of how things to, you know, should go. And the Illuminati was a big thing in the 2000s, like I said, with a lot of those storylines that had to do with like secret invasion and the cl- causing Planet Hulk, which led into World War Hulk. They were at the kind of center of deciding to blast Hulk off-world because... He was too dangerous and they've since been kind of retconned and, and used in different ways, but it became a part of the Marvel universe. There is this secret group of them that has secretly been kind of meaning and controlling things and determining, even when it's not so heroic and making those decisions. So we don't know what this project is. Uh, it's just cast listings, that kind of vague traces of them trying to get a production started. What do you guys think, Marvel's Illuminati? Is this the thing that we should be checking in that should get its own spotlight? Would you like to see it as a series? Would you like to see it as a film? For my vote, um, I'm actually kind of just coming around to the long form of, you know, the streaming series. So I would throw it out there that I would love to see that like an episode for kind of each member dealing with how they were convinced to kind of get pulled into this, you know, cabal. Because, you know, people, I wouldn't assume it would just be an easy decision for a lot of these characters. And then you could kind of build out from there. And see like what they're influencing you can set up like what they're controlling and there's an organic way to do it either you can retcon say i mean you could do the retcon thing that they didn't say this has always been happening or it's an organic way to say after what happened with thanos and the infinity gems and all that like now they feel afterwards there has to be this kind of overarching group who keeps an eye on like what the hell is happening across the cosmos and everything so um that would be interesting to me and it would set in motion a lot of what could come in phase for and beyond with somebody like Charles Xavier. And there's also a way you could hook into if you really wanted to get deep with him and keeping mutants out of people's, you know, literally out of people's minds because of whatever reason and, <laughs> and, and, and right. that decision. So, I mean, that's my take on it. Uh, what do you guys feel? I think
2: for me, an Illuminati movie on its own doesn't, doesn't feel right because, I mean, these are powerhouses of the Marvel universe, right? Like this is, um, it, I agree that I like the idea of something that's a bit more serialized because even then you can like touch in with each member of the Illuminati and have yeah. it then build to something that, you know, then the bigger group needs to come together and kind of do. And I think that works better as a series as opposed to necessarily a movie. But then you can have the group operate and be mentioned and whatever in the movies
3: as the MCU barrels forward. I mean, that's the most exciting part of this is that, because when I first heard this, I, I was, I agreed. I was kind of like, okay, I don't want to see a whole movie on these guys because. Yeah, the dialogue and the exchanges between them is really cool, but it's more about what they set in motion and the reactions they have to other things. It's more about that that's interesting. Yeah, and and they get in their own way half the time, and if they would have just left well enough alone, it probably wouldn't have been that bad. But, like, that's the interesting stuff, not the, oh, they're meeting together. Cause like that, that stuff is really interesting. Like if you want your version in the MCU of you get that cool tag scene in every movie, this would be an amazing tag scene mm-hmm. throughout the next phase. You're, you're seeing like what they're doing in the background and all that. And then it leads to something, but just as a focus, I'm kind of bored. I like the idea though of the series, because then at least you can focus in on, I like that idea that Kofi had of like having each individual character have essentially an episode be all about them, their world that can feel completely different, but they have this tether. And then like the last episode, you really see them all come together and then whatever they decide on, set up something that goes for it. I like that idea. Um, But yeah, as a movie, it's like meh.
1: right. Surface level. If we don't get, I don't want to say proper. I'll say proper. If we don't get a proper, black bolt as a part of this i I don't really think i want it right i mean i love anson and all and he did what he could but we have to have the proper king of the inhumans with it but i'm using caution with this right this would be the first ever marvel studios property that was leaked via casting grids right
0: yeah, I mean, always take yeah. this as a grain of salt. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think, think also
2: be, too yeah. this like this is still something that's inc- I would imagine in incredibly early production right. because there is no way you can put a project like this together and not introduce the Inhumans or not introduce right. the X Men right? Like yeah. if they're gonna go. Or Namor and that, that whole like Yeah, if yeah, so you're so going to go that classic pieces. lineup, that's what you yeah. have a lot of stuff to do before you get
0: there. Well, so. I mean, this is the thing that I thought, like... Diet was, Illuminati. The only thing that yeah, I kind of... Yeah. The only thing I dug into this is this, like I said, and kind of suggested, there's a way that, you know, Kevin Feige could solve a lot of problems by using this property as the retcon to say... All of these things have, have been here. The X-Men and mutants, Atlantis and that whole world have been here. But for whatever to re, you know, reason, through this group decided that like they didn't want to be involved in this. Like, right. you know, the X-Men. I and mean, That's the whole point of the a lot Illuminati, of, right? Yeah, exactly. They're,
2: they're a secret.
0: Yeah, am so so, they've been here all along. And they've been here all along, and like they've kept certain things secret, like mutants, like this entire world of Atlantis that's all been kept off the map and and under wraps. And we know we have all kinds of ties people have already figured out in fan theories. There's a million ways you could tie this back to things that have already happened in the MCU if we go back and say, oh, in an endgame, now that was a whole thing in Atlantis that happened that caused that. See thing yay it's all connected and then we, right, right. Yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. get a
3: black widow movie like full-on atlantis movie here's what happened during this chunk of time uh, yeah, this it's launches like, its own franchise that's exactly. how we can introduce darkhawk
0: and stop Very it. nice yes stop please. it wow yes, please. that's right
3: i have backup today oh. so, <laughs>
0: as, sleepwalker cheese, as but i'm not gonna go too deep because like adam said i mean you got to take this with a grain of salt this is still a rumor and like yeah this is just see somebody out there who's they're seeing traces of something that could be a production. So we don't know what this is, but um, theoretically it could be cool. But I I think we were kind of all on the same page about the long form uh, thing. Just a quick uh, update on the other side. I know Matt, you were kind of bummed but hopeful about this other piece of this news that uh, Miss Marvel could be delayed by all these, you know, coronavirus problems in the production that was supposed to go into, it's supposed to go into production sooner, but now it might not. But could Kamala Khan be coming to the MCU earlier? That's also the word that we could see her pop up. And something else. Where do you guys think that could be? Real quick. my Marvel, Now they have some Marvel Comics experts here. Oh, man. Um, well, I, if, if Inhumans
3: was in the works, I would say, oh, Inhumans is duh. Like, that makes the total sense. That's not going to happen. I mean, um, all the places I think she would be more apt to show up are like things that are kind of further down, like Captain Marvel too, obviously like there's obvious ones, but I don't think they would, any of those would happen before her series, even with delays gets going. So if, if she does appear somewhere, I don't know about you, Adam, but if she does appear somewhere, it feels like it might be shoehorned in. Cause I don't, I don't know where else right. you just throw her in and it, and it makes obvious sense.
0: I don't know.
1: So I'm just going to anticipate Loki since he has the Tesseract and the Tesseract is now the ultimate MacGuffin and they can, it can do whatever it wants to do rather than, you know, transporting over space. Um, so who- I do love that, that like still like now it does feel like it's being treated as
3: this McGuffin when it has one power. Like the thing has, <laughs> one- right, right. <laughs> it's, it's only, there's, there's right. multiple stones so that, because they all yeah. couldn't do everything. And now this thing is like the most powerful right. thing. And ever now seen.
1: and now Loki's supposed to be this epic time traveling show, which I don't know how yet. But that's like Marvel. <laughs> I don't know where else she could pop up unless, of course, it's a post credit scene on Black Widow. Well, mean,
0: like, isn't like Photon going to be in WandaVision? And, and like we have no idea. Right. Well, that's yeah. happening. So I don't know. Like there's there's been traces all over this that there's this kind of – quiet push for your young avengers type deal mm-hmm. going on so i don't know i could see how they could just throw her in somewhere just as a kind of mention or appearance before we get to know i, the, I love the idea her. of a mention i love like mm-hmm. saying something that alludes to
3: her or her family or whatever but i don't love the like don't just shove it in where it doesn't fit like i'd rather wait and get like the full series and just do it right don't you know well, like people correct, have been waiting me, this long correct me if
2: I'm wrong she is she she got her powers as a result of teragenesis, right she's an inhuman like, yes. right she's an inhuman but she got her powers because of that weird teragen mist cloud yeah I believe so over yeah. or whatever and so yeah so it's like and that's a whole other thing right like is that going to be something that they incorporate into, uh, you know, into her story? And if that's the case, you can't do it without any humans. Exactly. Exactly, Right. 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 right, right,
1: There's a lot of dominoes
3: that need to fall. And
2: and like, and like, I know that the MCU is not, you know, inherently, uh, you know, held to accurate Marvel comics, you know, continuity. It it has bent a ton of stuff here and there, mm -hmm. you know, wherever, but you know, introducing a character like Kamala who has to, you know who already is a, a major character you know just among Marvel fandom and whatever is uh i I think you'd be doing her a disservice by just k- trying to like yes. sneak her in I agree
0: all right so nobody wants miss Marvel until we get over the coronavirus that's what I'm I, going just, to. I just want
2: it, I just want it done properly I mean but like exactly. Loki I mean loki makes total sense though like if he is Either time traveling or, or dimension hopping, and hops into a, a point where she exists already, and she somehow sneaks through. But even then, I don't like. I, I feel like that's not earned.
3: So yeah, yeah, right, I, it just doesn't. I want it done properly. Yeah, yeah, I don't want it right.
0: All right. Well, moving on from this, before Matt tries to bring back Darkhawk anymore, <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted Three. We're going to talk about that, and by the time you hear this, we'll probably have learned a little bit more about Marvel 616's Sixteen's docu series, which turned out to be uh, rather interesting. We have some clips on the site on the Marvel page. Go check that out, and Comic Con it'll be at Comic Con at home, so you can learn more about that too. But uh, Bill and Ted, I, for have one, I about- just have one more quick thing to say
2: about Kamala because it just it just oh, came boy. up and now we're saying it. Um, the fact that the Avengers video game seems to be you know introducing Kamala in a way that like the MCU has not yet done kind of blows my mind because it because right. the game feels like it works and so. Yeah. Well and like you can say what you want about the game, it looks like it looks terrible or whatever, but they're introducing Kamala in a way that I think is gonna
3: nail it. I think everything they've done with Kamala so far from that game has been on perfect on point. Like it's like the her enthusiasm, like the actress they got, like all the story elements of like she's the one that brings the all of that is really cool. And if honestly, if you know, she's already in the works of the MCU. Like, they already have all this stuff working on. But, like, that is a perfect template to just pour it over. Like, fans would be happy. So. All right.
0: You guys got that off your chest? Yes, that I was did. Jim. So. I did not do that. That was Jim. No, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, get it off your chest. I it was a valid point. No, I mean, it was, though. It, it is a valid point. So there you go. Uh, we'll keep you updated on what happens with this Miss Marvel series and where she might pop up. Moving right along to uh, Bill and Ted. So another big change as we try to surf through 2020 and figure out what to do with all the movies we were supposed to get. Sony has decided that uh, Bill and Ted is going to be going out on on on-demand platforms with a limited theatrical release. So it will be released on on on-demand on September 1st and will release in whatever theaters are open as a time and are willing to play it is how I guess we're phrasing this is wherever it can play in theaters, they'll try to rake up that money too. Uh but it's gonna be released on video on demand. And Which we also assume an just drive
2: in theaters at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean drive in theaters, I'm sure like, yeah. Which I is mean, kind of
2: perfect for this kind of
0: movie. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> it is. And um it's gonna be released on video on demand and we got a new trailer and got to see kind of more of the movie. And it was my favorite trailer yet, to be honest. So, uh, Yeah, I was incredibly
2: lukewarm on this movie until seeing that trailer. And I am all in.
0: Yeah, and I, but, you know, and I think this is not a tragedy because I see the trailer and I'm excited for it. It was the most, it, it, it like Jim said, it's the one that actually got me excited to see this movie. But I also looked at it and say, yeah, I'm cool. Just, you know, I'm cool paying money for this on, on demand and making like a night out of it and sitting and watching it in my home theater. Like I'm cool with that. It's not the level of movie that I need to absolutely be in a theater to see this kind of unfold. So I'm actually cool with that. And, you know, I know the video on demand release system hasn't been so great trolls. I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I think Bill and Ted is the type of film that could actually, actually work and get people to, to have a good time and actually. I mean kind of trolls made, made some
2: money. I don't think yeah. it made you know it didn't make anywhere near what it probably could have or should have if it was in theaters, but I mean it didn't make no I money. mean it
3: made what they came out and touted it made like a hundred mil or whatever yeah. in the storm. first week
1: or whatever. Yeah. I
3: mean it yeah. it did it did well for you know the circumstances. The right, unfair. the situation. Yeah. yeah, but what I will say is I agree with Kofi. I mean, this was it. not a movie that well but you're a giant trolls fan you love trolls (laughs) which i don't blame you by the way because i like trolls too uh but like i think what kobe said though is is describes me perfectly this was a movie i was not going to go to theaters to see like i was just not going to do it i'm still not but this is a hey i want to see something new and we have a friday night or whatever ember's asleep <laughs> let's yeah, it's watch like an, a movie it's an at-home
0: event it's worthy of yeah. an at-home event film like yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I mean and then that's a term that's going to be a more real thing in our universe now well,
2: well that uh, and yeah. then they can like you know they can offer a bundle deal for the first two movies you know for a cheaper price online yeah. that yep. i will totally yep. buy because yep. i don't know yep. them yet yep. so then i'll watch all three
1: of them in a row and then it'll be great it'll be a great weekend that's the thing. It is the one movie on the release schedule, if we could call it that at this point, that could <laughs> make more money on demand than it would in theaters, right? If you're uh, on absolutely. Roku or, or Fire and you see the ad and you're like, okay, I'll watch it. But like you said, I, I had no desire to to go to the movie theater. So it's a godsend. And I think, Kofi, you alluded to it, that, that video on demand um, is go- going to increasingly be the norm, right? I think the theater owners, lobbyists, This week said theaters need to start embracing the norm, which was kind of a peculiar quote, because in my opinion, you know, on demand would be the new norm. So I think we'll end up seeing more of this, um, especially with a few other movies that are at Comic-Con perhaps.
0: I mean, in a weird way, this could be the thing that brings back that, that, the movies that like the middle class of movies that has disappeared which is like well that's what i was just thinking right like 20 30 40 million to make a movie and boom you put it out on home and if it makes 100 million there you go yeah Yeah. like
2: like this movie like had kevin smith just waited a little bit on uh jay and silent bob he probably would have made way more Mm -hmm. money in in this in this you know predict movie climate than he did when he did his his tour absolutely so it's uh it's interesting
0: yeah so bill and ted we're gonna be checking that out and we'll let you know uh you know how that is as soon as it comes out but we're gonna take a break real quick pay some bills but when we come back we still have some great stuff to talk about we'll touch on matt's little biopic thing and uh <laughs> do that but then we're gonna get into xbox comic-con and the new comics of the week so all that geek that geek tastic ah, stuff is coming up so matt here we go this is your moment (laughs) this is your moment i just
3: thought it was interesting
0: no it is interesting (laughs) people were interested so uh yeah musical biopics of course have not you know slowed down in recent years and uh hip-hop's been getting its day ever since eminem stepped out there bravely and made eight mile but uh now we're getting one about one of the kind of more interesting slash controversial figures in music industry slash hip-hop in the 90s. My boy, Vanilla Ice. Oh, your so boy. we're getting a villain. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, hey. You let that slide. No, I, I you yeah. slipped that I in there. I was raised in Hammer, Crisscross, Cross, Vanilla Ice. Oh. This, these were my musical coming of ages as a young, impressionable grade schooler going into middle school. Thinking he knew the entire world at that point, but uh, yeah, VIP, let's kick it. Yeah, I was all in. Yeah, who's in there? So we're not gonna pull up my '90s era pass, but we're gonna say Amen. there is a Vanilla Ice yeah. biopic coming out called To the Extreme, and we're gonna have Dave Franco playing Vanilla Ice. Huh. Rob Van Winkle.
2: Winkle. I kind of, I kind of half expected. A a biopic type project about Vanilla Ice would have been more in an HBO miniseries than maybe a
1: movie. Oh, geez.
3: <laughs> Here's the thing: as long Stop as it's it. not the like MC Hammer VH1. Do you remember that when like that that popped <laughs> yeah. up and they do the whole stint where he's with death row for like that half a second and he does the music video? It was so dramatic. Oh my god. Okay, now I kind of want that. But like, I can't wait this- to just see how they how
2: they dramatize. Uh, Oh, we got the
0: log line. I'll give you a dramatic reading. Yes. From a high school dropout selling cars in Dallas to having the first hip-hop single to top the Billboard charts with Ice Ice Baby, a young Vanilla Ice struggles with stardom, extortion attempts, and selling out as he makes music history. I can't
2: can't wait to see who they get to play the members of Queen. Uh, for the inevitable battle uh, for, for as someone
0: Oh, who, the legal battle? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, Knight, but that's the I would be play Suge Knight who hangs him off a balcony. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. That's I mean, the extortion that's, attempt things. Like, that's yeah, the biggest thing on this.
3: I need the whole story because, like, the dude's, like, a real estate mogul now and, like, does all this stuff, right? I need the whole... I want the whole story. And uh, I think, like, as someone, yes, I'm going to date myself. As someone who listened to that cassette tape, <laughs> over and over and over when singles were still on cassettes uh that was like i i still have a fascination with this song but i need to see all that i need to see the lawsuit i need to see the Suge stuff i need, I need all to see that. the
0: heavy metal band i need yeah yes. like yeah i gotta see all that and yeah. franco's good I, I think
3: dave's a good choice
0: yeah no that's the thing i mean what was interesting is dave franco is so good at kind of like playing that smarmy <laughs> like but kind of lovable, like, but very smarmy type of guy, and yeah, I think he's a great choice to kind of take this on, and like, I'm kind of interested to see this. And yes, for all my making fun, yeah, I'll be there to see this. You know, I'm gonna be sitting down and check this out because this is gonna be crazy. Because this when it hits video is on the band, We'll see it. Yeah, Rich can't wait for him I'll see him try to explain the difference in the chords between. Uh, under pressure in ice size baby that's one of my favorite yep. Oh man it's, one is dun 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 dun, dun, dun.
3: <laughs> I just need that clip that clip yep. of him one explaining one of the greatest logic
0: pretzels of all time <laughs> right there yeah And this uh, one is yeah. it's like wow uh, yeah so we'll be keeping an eye on that because uh, I can't wait for the first trailer I feel like that's going to be really good Yeah I mean the script has been pretty good and it's like been on the blacklist so this is actually like a legit thing it's not like a Chris Goodwin and Philip Van um, yeah, and it was on the blacklist of Hollywood screenplay. So this has actually got some some good heft behind it and may actually turn out to be a pretty good biopic. Who knew? It's 2020, baby. All right, so <laughs> moving right along. We're going to deep dive now. Matt, we saw our PlayStation 5 event and kind of learned all the great things that are coming our way from that new console release. We just had an Xbox Series X event. Uh, what did we learn? What do, like, what do we... What is there to be excited for? Is Brandon going to be proven right? Will BD be proven right or is uh, PlayStation 5? Which one am I buying? You need to answer this question for me. Okay,
3: so So I will preface what I will – I will take everyone's temp at the end because I think that's probably the best, most unbiased way (laughs) to take this. Uh, I can't remember what Brandon said. Was Brandon the one who was like, they'll come back with something? What was his take
0: ahead of this? I I think when we discussed PlayStation, we were both saying like – Yeah, it was just a game of chicken of waiting on like pricing and features and like who says something first and then somebody else gets to come back and kind of like undercut and try to- So Microsoft
3: is still playing chicken because we got no like hard details on price, uh, like exact dates, none of that as far as the console itself. Now what we did get was they they were, and we were kind of joking about it beforehand, uh, you know, they were very clear leading up to this, hey, Halo Infinite is going to be here. Halo Infinite, <laughs> Halo Infinite and they stressed that and then the like the more they stressed it like even Tanner uh, was kind of saying like we were all kind of like is that are they are they bracing so like there's nothing else is it all Halo and so like people were kind of expecting cuz the PS5 event had a ton of games to look at. The first 15 minutes 20, I'll say 15, was Halo Infinite. They started it off. Uh, they gave you a whole intro sequence. It looked gorgeous. It looks like... Okay, so here's the thing. The gameplay looks really... I feel... This is one of those things where, like, if you're a Halo fan, I feel like you're going to really like this. As someone who has played a lot of Halo multiplayer but never really got into the lore and the story and Master Chief's whole thing... yeah, This looks it. kind of boring. This looks like Halo. Like it, And, and it's not a bad thing, but, like even compared it's to halo. some of it's but it right. looks it looks exactly I mean, it's three four three again but the last halo looked really pretty it's not like the last halo was a slug it looked really pretty this looks pretty but even compared to some of the games we saw later on in the showcase it doesn't look it, as good as it has a games. grappling hook
1: <laughs> so That's look, your selling point. Like, what you're more do that? you want. Okay. When oh, no, when no.
3: I was Stacey, describing when I was a hat. <laughs> when I was describing the gameplay, okay, I'm like, oh, he goes and kills some grunts. Oh, hey, look, some brutes. Oh, hey, we hop in a war hog. Oh, hey, we do all these things. I was going down the list and going, oh, this is all stuff we've done. Now the grappling hook is cool. Wait, don't so, don't so, get me wrong. So you but, want them to? You want them to be
2: like, oh. oh, here comes Halo, but let me show you Gears of War. No, like, but like, Gears what, of War
3: got the same critique. Got the same critique, as in, like, hey, now at least Gears though changed it up. It's a franchise that's been around was, like, for twenty, 20 years. I'm saying though, Dude, to launch like 20, your
0: this is like twenty year aged Halo. It's real smooth. <laughs> <But> my <laughs> yes. whole point before I unloaded this obvious grenade, I guess,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> this grenade before I before I got here, I didn't want it. That's not necessarily a negative, but you're going to find like fans like, like me who dabble in Halo and aren't hardcore fans, that's not gonna be enough. It's not the thing that gets those people on the fence to try out a Halo for the first time. The the people who love the franchise will love this, I'm sure. But I've even talked to like, even just seeing some of the reactions on Twitter of like a mix of hardcore and mainstream fans, it still wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And just compared to Xbox's later stuff, like if you look down the line, Forza looks absolutely gorgeous. Now, granted, they always do amazing things with racing games. But like State of Decay... What is it
2: racing games that get all of like the, 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 the shine?
3: I, I even said it during People the event. Boring. I was like, I wish I loved racing games. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> because, yeah. like if I was a racing They're game so fan, I
2: would be excited for
3: every new system launch because I would know I'm getting the best damn looking game out there. Yes, and, it, and the new Forza looks... Gorgeous. I mean, it looks amazing. Um, But I think as we got on, like, State of Decay 3 was shown. Now, some of that wasn't gameplay. There was a lot. In fact, there wasn't actually a lot of gameplay shown at this event. It was a lot of cinematic trailers. uh, Obsidian's new RPG. um, I can't remember what it's actually called now. but Left my mind. But, like, that one, we saw, like, snippets, like, brief snippets. And then it was all cinematics. But there were some gorgeous... Graphical things shown later on, and even compared to those, sometimes it was like Halo looks really nice, but it doesn't look
0: gorgeous. It it doesn't. Hold up, I don't know about that. Like I'm just kind of looking at a lot of this for the first time as we're doing this, and it looks pretty good. Like it looks fine, but but compared to some of the other games in the thing, like Gun itself, it's getting doesn't look real.
2: But here's the but here's the here's the biggest point that I think a lot of people are missing. Okay, hands down. Xbox Live Game Pass is the best service offered by either company because you're going to be able to get all of those games. But what okay, but what does that have to do with Halo? But but it's, but like <laughs> we were, well, talking about we're talking Halo, about, but we're just talking about the Xbox games in general, right? <laughs> no, we're like, talking like, about Halo. Okay, but but instead, like like th- I think what what gets me more excited as as a subscriber of Xbox Live Game Pass is like I'm going to get that game and I'm excited for it because one, I'm not gonna have to pay as much. But two, like
0: You don't have to whisper, they're not gonna bust you.
2: Yeah, I don't order
1: some Xbox but, like, scoops.
2: But like but at the same time but like you know, at the same time, it, it goes to show you know, like just why I why I prefer the Xbox over the PlayStation, because we're getting these first party games like this that i'm excited for like i just can't wait to play halo multiplayer again on a next game okay, so console.
3: i okay before we get into the verses, because i didn't i didn't bring it no, there i was just I talking about it. halo specifically moving on okay. to some of the other games so State of Decay 3 i like the state of decay franchise i think it's really interesting um and that trailer was gorgeous uh they also showed off the new trailer for the medium game which looks like straight up silent hill what silent hill has wanted to be for the last like five years Uh, That game looks gorgeous. Um, There's also, uh, let's see here. Uh, The I'll leave this one for last. I will shout out Fantasy Star for Jim. Right. Jim was very excited for Fantasy Star. Uh, The Gunk is a is a trailer that even during the the trailer I was kind of like it's Mario Super Mario Sunshine for like a, an older audience and it looks like you're like sucking up all this gump but the world looks beautiful it's this very cartoony art style uh we got the new rare game uh which is which was Ever-Wild. not banjo kazooie no it was not but man talk about see but here's the thing talk about stunning that everything about that trailer was stunning i still don't necessarily know what the gameplay is no it uh, just seems
2: like but, a lot of finding hurt animals in a forest and performing dances with smoke to heal
3: them is what. Wow, I really okay well you just described an episode of lost i think echo generation is another one that looks just really pretty very stylized art uh but just it looks like a, it's like a turn-based stranger things mix it looks really super cool uh and then at the very end they saved what was supposed to be like the big like one more thing was fable which is the reboot. It looks like a reboot. It oh, anyway. yeah. really weren't staring. Which is um, a big one more thing. That is a huge yeah, thing. Yeah, fable the, fable, the, fable, the fable. the point fable. was that everybody in the gaming chat saw, was waiting. We were all waiting, like, it's gotta be Fable. It's gotta be Fable. And we're so excited. And then literally the trailer comes, and it's a frog eating a bug, and there's a castle. And it's a straight up something that, like, Elder Scrolls got ripped for when they were like, hey, Elder Scrolls is coming, and it was the logo, and that was it. This was literally that. We got nothing else. The reboot and all the other things are conjecture based on just assumptions made. So there wasn't any, and what's also interesting on this one is that it wasn't listed for Xbox One. It was listed for Series X and, like, Windows 10. There is no addition. So that probably means, combined with the very small thing they showed, this game is not coming for like two or three years. Like that's, that's the kind of assumptions you can make, right? So the, one of the biggest games of the thing was just a footnote, it exists, that's it. And then the first chunk Guys, was Halo. Guys, this
0: exists, get excited.
3: So I'm saying there were some really cool games in the middle, but when you're looking at an event, and now we'll get to the comparison. When we are looking at an event compared to what Sony rolled out, it's, it's a little hard to come away not deflated it's it's a little hard to come away with like oh here's halo or something you know here's a chunk of footage that did not blow me away i'm sorry it didn't and then at the very end a little tease of hey it's here it's a thing meanwhile sony hit you with boom 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 and they're both for first party showcases and even the third party stuff that made it into xbox was like destiny exclusive stuff like it wasn't anything giant it was just little stuff. Meanwhile, Sony hit you with a lot of big, colorful, gameplay-filled little salvos. So it's kind of hard to not be underwhelmed. I mean, sure, I, mean yeah, I mean,
0: at this point you can see, like, I feel like one system has put a lot of time and effort into building its hardware, and the other company just focused a lot more on the software and kind of what we're going to actually be playing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see over time. Yeah, I, I don't think nothing in the showcase...
3: There are there are a couple games in there that I would love to play. Maybe they'll go cross platform someday, who knows. Probably not cuz they're first party. So that's a bummer for me who's probably not going to own Xbox an Xbox and Game Pass and then but, you can play it. But Game Pass as a service is not enough to get me to buy a console. I oh. buy one for games. I don't buy it for the that was Microsoft's whole thing last time around. Like I don't buy it for That's to watch it. You TV get Game Pass it. and you get all of the games. But if the game content is not compelling Why does it matter that I get a buffet if it's a one-star buffet? I want the five-star. Why does it matter? I'll pay a little more to get things I want. And that is what, right now, the menu that Sony has served up. It could change. I'm not making any final things on that. But, like, it's a difference of I get the same stuff with Xbox and I haven't been wooed enough to like make that jump over. That's just how it looks. But a lot of really cool games though, just as again, a lot of people own both consoles, so it doesn't matter. But there's a lot of cool stuff here. What we can come away with is that the next gen is gonna be pretty sweet with games and it looks like a lot of it is front loaded. So a lot of stuff will be coming in that first year as opposed to what we typically get, which is a bunch of crap right off the bat and a bunch of remasters and then, oh, hey, the good games are coming, but in two years. It looks like that is not the case with either console, and I'm happy about that.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, just as a footnote, some of these, the internet's always already ragged on Xbox. These Halo screenshot pauses, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I didn't make that that up. You know what I mean? It's really funny. Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, well. Sorry, BD. I'm sorry, man. All right, well, we're going to move right along and try to be more positive as we get down to our Comic-Con 2020 slash Comic-Con at Home preview. So, as you're hearing this, we are already in the midst of Comic-Con at Home, but we thought we'd give you kind of a rundown in case you're just joining in or you didn't know because all this stuff, thankfully, it's going to be different this year because all of these panels are now on YouTube and under the Comic-Con international page or various... (laughs)
2: Well, unless they get taken down on YouTube by the companies that are putting them on, so.
0: Wait, what is that a thing? So Cartoon Network
2: Network, uh, had a panel um, for some of their upcoming stuff, and it got taken down on YouTube thanks to the automatic algorithm detector, uh, and I guess Cartoon Network or Turner didn't, like, white-label Comic-Con to be able to show the footage, and so no one could see the panel
3: wait oh. the whole time like that was live
2: like it just the panel just like it just didn't launch like the link to it just said this panel is unavailable
3: oh no due to copyright
2: <laughs> due to co- due to a copyright violation
0: oh somebody in legal lost their job i sorry
3: that yeah. sucks oh that's- no
0: technical snafus aside it's good <laughs> because yeah there will be these panels Hopefully we will be up for you to watch later when you can kind of make your way through Comic-Con on your own and kind of hop, skip and jump and look at what you want to see and kind of rewatch some of the good stuff that we got to see because this year it's not like limited to, you know, Ballroom 20 or Hall H where we all on this call probably wish we were right now. But uh, yeah, so here's a kind of roadmap and we'll talk about anything extra we want to kind of let you guys know about. And so you can kind of uh, get through this Comic-Con experience. So uh, one of the first things we just saw coming in before this was the Star Trek Universe panel, which already kicked off, and we got to learn more about things like Star Trek Lower Decks, which is the new animated series. Star Trek Discovery Season 3 is coming up, and we got some kind of teases and stuff about that. Um, I don't think there was that much more than that. Uh, There were definitely some missteps in, in that particular panel that I know we were talking about. Some of the moderation is weird uh and some of the activities they got to do to fill time without okay. like an actual comic-con audience and setup is a little weird we don't need table reads uh <laughs> <old episodes laughs> of things. That's, that's uh not next that's not necessary but uh it's good and funny to kind of take a look at that and check that out so there's that uh new mutants will be coming up or is happening right now is that happening 10 as minutes recording. from Ten as minutes. we're recording. As we're recording. So New Mutants is coming up also. So be sure to check that out because there could be some kind of announcement about what's happening with the film and when it's coming out. And I'm sure we won't have that awesome headline by the time we put up this episode tomorrow. <laughs> that we'll know. To, you know. So we, we have, have to have also, this
3: is it for, for those, like should really pay attention because
0: this dictates whether Charlie wins or not. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the main thing we care about on the show. Those Charlie would, <laughs> you know, get to sip his tea. And, and you know, he doesn't just sip his tea. He'll have a whole speech for us if he turns out right about this. <laughs> but this has been a long debate about how he's coming out. And if it goes on something like Disney Plus or Hulu, Me, I mean, we're going to be ragging with him for, for a long it time. So, out, that's, yeah. so, you know, cross your fingers and hope for us that by the time you hear this, Me and Matt can uh, be ready to bring Charlie on a rag on him next show. The boys is coming up. Yeah. And as I didn't even say at the beginning of the show, I should probably have said, you know, we have a good extra bit for you. It's a comic con surprise guys. We got an interview with the boys star Jack Quaid, who's going to be joining us and sat down and talked with uh, Matthew. So he's not just doing nothing on his days, not appearing on the show. He's actually getting you some good content. Matthew Hard working as always. So he's going to have an interview with the boys star, Jack Quaid. So you can listen to that on this show right now. And by the time you hear this, the boys panel will be up. And I'm sure we'll know a lot more about season two and some of the fun things coming our way. Cause that shoes, shed, I mean, that and umbrella Academy are like holding down summer slash fall for us. And it, it's going to be a good time. So excited to uh, see what's going on with that. Then you got some unique panels. We got LGBTQ representation on TV and kind of that evolving conversation about, you know, getting more diversity in that section. Charlize Theron, Evolution of a Badass, which is pretty much one of my favorite panel titles of all time. <laughs> um, because Charlize Theron has evolved into a badass and become a kind of action star or action heroine. Uh, you know, star of Atomic Blonde and Netflix is the old guard, which we just did an excellent breakdown on. So go listen to that show. Yeah, so that'll be taking place tomorrow, or when you hear this, today, Friday. Uh, yeah, we got Adventure Time's going to be there, so Distant Lands. So we're going to have, you know, Adventure Time, Distant Lands will be having its kind of uh, focus for that special episode of the show, so if you're an Adventure Time fan, don't miss that. Big thing for BD that's going to be keeping him busy is The Walking Dead Universe, Which gets to kind of, I mean, it's nice. It's been a long time since The Walking Dead has gotten to kind of own Comic-Con in this way. But uh, they pretty much have a very big starring spot this year. And so we learn we're hoping to learn more about Fear of the Walking Dead Season 6. And, you know, when we're going to actually get to see that. We'll have cast members like Lenny James, Alicia Debnam Carey coming in for that part of the universe. The Walking Dead Season 10 finale has been just on hiatus. We had this huge finale uh, kind of in the Whisper War and things going on. And we never got to see that because coronavirus (laughs) just stole that right out from under us before we could finish. They weren't done uh, post-production on that. So we expect to get, you know, the official season 10 finale date. uh, Hopefully a season 10 finale trailer and get to know when we're going to walk, you know, be able to wrap up the season of The Walking Dead. And we'll get to learn more about the new show, The Walking Dead World Beyond which will kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, how do you, I mean, this is the one I'll stop and pause and say, I mean, you guys, uh, I feel bad for this series because I feel like it's in the quibby situation of fine idea, maybe wrong year to drop it. You yeah. Know? Like, I'll yeah, be, a, it'll be a miracle if those guys have planned that show in a way that still fits the kind of themes of what's happening after this year. Because, I think that's a big conversation around anything that has to do with youth culture from my hero academia to, to this show about, you know, the walking dead and world beyond is after this youth culture is going to look very different after this year. And like what kids consider, what they can handle, what they're kind of defined by and whatever kind of passions they have for getting, you know, social activism, all this stuff, is going to be way different. So I hope this show is still even a relevant thing. Um, yeah. Good luck out there. Walking right. dead world beyond. I know it's at the top of Jim's most, most anticipated list.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> so uh, we're going to, I mean, a good one that we're going to, you know, that fits us here. I wish Megan was here. Should be really excited Is uh continuing the avatar legacy. So we're going to be looking in at avatar, the last M, airbender legend of Korra and just those series. And you know what that series did and the milestones that they are. Cause both are back and killing it. I mean, or well, airbenders on netflix now and killing it legend of Korra is coming to netflix and is going to kill it too so it's a good time to revisit that uh a totally not uncomfortable zoom with josh whedon will also be yeah. available yeah i'm gonna uh get your popcorn for that one because that's gonna like i said that one's gonna be real interesting uh we're gonna have look back at the 2005 constantine film and i want to highlight that one, that one because we just did a show about the rumor that there could be a new Constantine project coming up, either a, a kind of a direct sequel to that to this movie or some kind of reboot for the new universe of DC's kind of building. So that'll be an interesting one to kind of look into. I'm sure somebody will bring that up, and we'll get to hear some interesting things from uh, director Francis Lawrence and Kiva Goldman and Keanu Reeves, who will be back, too, for that, so... Oh, yeah, Bill and Ted will be there. Uh, HBO's Lovecraft Country, which I'm looking forward to. I want to learn more about that. That's the kind of, uh, you know, Jordan Peele produced series that takes a lot of elements of uh, HP Lovecraft and kind of wields them into this weird horror type show. (coughs) One of my favorites, What We Do in the Shadows is going to be there, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that deserves to kind of get the spotlight because that show has been, I mean, really killing it. In season two was fantastic uh conversation nathan fillion is i mean you know comic con's undefeated because nathan fillion will be there so at least there are some still norms we can enjoy <laughs> in this well, right I mean, I mean saturday night we'll also have a kevin smith panel so like yeah know. that's what i was gonna throw to i mean this is just a list of things i had written down to make sure i read is there anything else that uh you guys want to highlight
2: no i don't want to jump the gun but are you going to talk about the thing that we're doing
0: no, no. This is this is your time
2: to produce. All right, perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well,
3: well so is uh, before you jump into that. If
2: you're, look at that. See, I was being, I was being mindful. <laughs> um, yeah. By the time you listen to this, well, day one will already be in the can because we're doing it out of the night that we record. But for Friday and Saturday, uh, we are hosting basically like an after show uh, on Facebook. So if you're not already subscribed to our Facebook page, make sure you uh, head over there. But like. You know, for our day one, which this show will be able to, wa- you'll be able to watch on demand uh, in the morning tomorrow if you want on Friday morning. We will have the cast of the New Mutants that we're talking to. Matt spoke to Homelander from The Boys. Anthony yeah. Starr, uh, Megan spoke to Chris uh, Sabat from uh, you know Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball and My Hero, My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah. uh, I spoke a bit to Rob Liefeld. We have Nick Frost on the show. The Janelle spoke to the cast of Upload. So it's a, a packed night for for week one. Uh, for night one, and then night two is another great one where it's you know it's a big Walking Dead show. So we'll we will have some cast members from uh, Fear. We'll have uh, some. I think we'll have Alicia Devin, Carey, and Lenny James from Fear. From regular Walking Dead, we have Norman Reedus, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, Ross Marquand, um, and potentially one other guest. Uh, Todd McFarlane will be on the show. Uh, the cast of uh, Archer: uh, Aisha Tyler, Chris Parnell, Lucky Yates. Uh, got interviewed by, uh, by Patrick. And then day three has Frank Miller. Charlie got to talk to Frank Miller. I had a, a chat Good with boy. Jenna Anderson and Nicole Drum about the future of the Arrowverse. Brandon got to talk to Michael Giacchino, uh, you know, famed composer of some of your favorite movies. Uh, Connor got to talk to Johnny Gargano. And then there was a, another chat uh, that Brandon moderated about the future of Marvel films. All of this stuff is going to be live on Facebook you're not going to want to miss it. It is, if uh, I must say so myself, maybe better than Comic-Con. Oh, oh
3: the gauntlet thrown.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Keep it locked to comicbook.com Facebook page because, yeah, we're going to have a Comic-Con experience within a Comic-Con experience for you. That's right. And you just heard that whole rum. We may not song. be in San Diego, but we're, we still got a show to run. Gonna yes, we bust do. Busta, busta yes, Comic-Con. And like I said, it all starts off with, at the end of the show, we're going to be talking to the boy star, Jack Quaid, so That's right. it's game time, guys. Comic-Con is here, and uh, we're making it happen, so it wouldn't be Comic-Con time, we've got to keep it true to the roots, so keeping things true to the roots of Comic-Con, let's talk about some comics, Ooh. Matt, because yeah, before all this, it was actually about you know just trading and, and talking about comics with other comic <laughs> fans, if you can remember. <laughs> Back in the ancient times. So, Matt, take us home. What do we got coming out that we should be on the whoa, lookout whoa, for? whoa, I
2: have some breaking news. Ooh, oh, uh, I love this is some This is some big breaking news. Mulan has been taken off the schedule. Uh, <laughs> Avatar, uh, the Avatar movies have all been moved. Avatar 2 is now going to uh, oh, 20, uh, 2022. Avatar 3, oh, 2024. Whoa uh the star wars movies all got moved basically a year uh so there is uh, that is breaking news as we are on the show been waiting for one of these days for anyone
0: all right well let's take a minute for this now seriously so we just had okay breaking news great i knew this day was coming Mulan's gone. We have no new release date. So I mean, let's just. Do Charlie's it. gonna have to answer
1: for a lot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've I been mean, on that, that drum point, forever. Is this? I mean, does this just need to go to Disney Plus at this point? Yeah.
1: Like, why? Why isn't it video on demand? Why? Like, are they waiting to test another movie? Or I, I don't get why it already hasn't. Yeah, with, I don't know. With the
3: controversy that happened around it overseas plus the kind of like lukewarmish response it was already kind of receiving here and the numerous delays why wouldn't you why wouldn't you put it on video on demand you you get around most of that you don't have to do like a giant press tour you don't have to worry about like you can just here's the thing it's people are going to watch it because they're curious and it is Mulan it's still a big Disney franchise but You get around some of the other stuff the baggage that kind of holds it down why not i just that doesn't make any sense to me for that
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean get this thing out just i say put it out just use it as another disney plus i mean the hamilton thing seemed to work just do another one just try to get through 2020 however you can i mean this is a big deal the bigger deal here is the avatar movies and star wars um Because they had, I mean, this is the domino effect that comes with franchise universes, right? Yeah. Like, we just had, they had it all plotted out like every other year. It was going to be Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars. So now that whole domino train has had to, you know, get knocked back and shifted back. So, yeah, Uh, that's that's basically
2: how it's going. It's still going. I mean, it's still going to be. Everything is really just pushed. Back a year, so it'll be Avatar yeah. 2 in 2022. Star well, like, Wars, in yeah, just so
0: so just so we're clear though, but they flipped entire numerical slots. Like, Star Wars were on the even year numbers, they were oh, on yes, 2022, yep. 2024, 2026. Yep. now so they're they going to be to the odd numbers 2023, 2025, 2027. Yeah, Avatar is the opposite, it was supposed to be the odd numbers, it was supposed to be 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Look, with, and now it's going to be on the even year? year with yeah. how
2: long this year has been. I don't even want to know what 2027 is going to look like.
0: Yeah. I mean, this right. is what I was going to end with. I didn't want to be like morose, but we are really placing long-term bets on, yeah, right, on right, right. things. Like I'm trying to make it till October right about now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah, And just trying to get to October. So yeah. yeah. I, I mean, in avatar too, like, Oh man. Like by the time we finally get this thing, like huh, I, I might be an entire different version of myself that, uh, not even like cares anymore. I don't know. But uh this is crazy. So there we like go. In, and in those
3: cases, I don't feel like it really negatively impacts them in any way because those were all in development, right? We're yeah. already used to those being in long term development. Yeah. Mulan I mean, there are is there something are, that's been pushed back now. It's again because really there are there are
2: some subtle moves. Death on the Nile uh, is being moved, it looks like just two weeks from October 9th to October twenty third. Um, that's the uh, the uh that's Hercule this year? Sequel. Yeah. Of this year, yeah, yep, of, of 2020. Uh, the French Dispatch, though, got uh, taken off the schedule. Um, the Personal History of David Copperfield is getting a limited release in August, August 28th. Uh, but I don't think that will end. Yeah, so that's really, that's really it for, for this year. So I think ass. Disney has a grand total of one, two, three, uh, three movies this year. Well, and two well, of those are Fox movies. I mean, okay, it's, so this is but, on the yeah. schedule. There are zero Disney movies coming out this year. I mean, Black Widow is has not moved yet, but it's moved. other than that, but it will. It will. <laughs> yeah, it will. I mean, if if they took Mulan off the schedule,
0: they're taking Black Widow off. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there's two kind of tiers to this that I see in all this. There's movies that they think they can dump on something like a streaming service or on demand, and movies that they can't, and so those are the big moves and the little moves like death on the nile if it can't come out october 23rd like i could see that coming out somehow before the end of the year as just to keep things going like on the streaming service or something like that so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see but uh yeah i mean it just this is i mean this is pretty much it right like this is yeah. just kind of the death now for the 2020 movie year this is disney saying we do not believe in this anymore like we're pulling up stakes like, and we're just yeah. going to start dealing with the reality that 2021 is just the makeup year for everything we just got yeah. missed in 2020. And then we have to just start the clock right from there for whatever plans we had.
1: We might as well vote for the Oscars right now, right? Yeah. Sonic, all the way Sonic, That's Sonic. Sonic, Sonic Sonic Birds of prey. prey. Or uh or Birds of Prey, right? Is
0: that key for getting
3: the came out this year?
0: Yeah. I mean those are our, those are actor much our options. Diesel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, best dramatic performance, Sonic the Hedgehog. There you go. Yeah. Oh man. This is crazy. But um all right, there you go. I mean, I uh, realistically Pete, does Pete Davidson walk away with the Oscar this year? <laughs> so, Dude, like, you know, he might. Yeah. So it's movie that came out. Wow. All right. Trolls,
3: man. Trolls is going to win.
0: Well, there, that was a twist ending in this episode. We weren't expecting, but um, yeah, we got a lot of writing to do now. So we're going to get to it because uh, we want to save time. So you guys can uh, listen to our interview with the boy star, Jack Quaid, Matt sat down and handled that bit of business for us. So we're going to throw you over to that and take a listen. And enjoy.
3: Matt Aguilar here from comicbook.com. And with me today, I have the pleasure of talking to Jack Quaid, who, of course, plays Huey on the mega hit,
4: The Boys. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. is, uh, I'm loving the background in your room right now, or, right. The, or the office. Right. You have it's, so much cool stuff. You can't see it. But oh, on right. the other side of this is
3: like a wrecked kitchen,
4: <laughs> but this looks <laughs> dope. This looks dope. That's all that matters. I have gotten very used to making uh, just segments of my room look presentable <laughs> yes. during this time. You know, like my apartment, there's like entire rooms now where I'm just like, I don't want to go in there. It's just a completely... <laughs> It's just wrecked, and then there are rooms where I'm like, oh, this can be on zoom, yeah, exactly yes, this one and white wall behind me. this wall makes me look like I have my like stuff together. I do not yeah, know that exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's all
3: that matters. um so yeah <laughs> let's uh let's talk to boys, so of course, this is easily one of the uh, most anticipated uh shows uh that's coming this year and um you know the uh, first season of boys like the first 20 minutes kind of just like threw everybody i feel like everybody went in even people who read the comic and who were expecting brutal things and some really dark humor and things like that i don't think they still thought that like oh they'll do it on the show and then like it floored everybody and everyone's jaw hit the floor so that was pretty immediate in season one so for season two i know you know we can't dive into spoilers but um, you know, is it going to take that same approach as far as like the way it, it's starting the season? Is it going to kind of be one of those gut punch type of things, or is it going to take a little bit of a different, you know, going to maybe spread things out a little bit because now people are expecting the crazy. Right.
4: That's a really good question. Um, I think that, so a thing that I think is so important for a second season of a show is that you 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 go deeper, not bigger. Uh, so we definitely do that. We go deeper with every single character, including the deep. Uh, and we really make sure that the audience knows what makes all these characters tick, uh, even more so than we did with season one. Having said that, yeah, we still have a... We did go bigger also. Like we have... Um, you know, stuff I can't give away, but we have some set pieces, some, some moments that are, you know, classic boys, you know, it's, it's where it's just insanity and, uh, your jaws gonna hit the floor and then, and then, uh, the sewer and then the the core of the earth. Like, it's just so absolutely nuts, uh, this season. And, uh, I, I, I can't say anything, but I can't wait for for fans to see it because we really do go nuts. Like truly nuts.
3: Is it kinda nice to say like because it's so nonchalant now? It's like classic boys. That's gotta be Classic Boys. That's gotta be kinda yeah. cool, right? Because like
4: as it said cool. all the way though, that was like, cool for now. Room. That was the first time I ever said that. That was cool to say. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. It's just classic boys. You know, you guys get it. Well it's so nice now to be able to talk about the show in a way of like, everybody has seen it and and you know, be like, oh, you understand, because trying to elevator pitch the show <laughs> was so hard in the first season. I've looked with my friends, they're like, so what's the show about? I'm like, okay, so they're superheroes, right? But they're bad, but then there's us who, and, and what I wound up doing was just describing that scene with Robin, like you just alluded to uh, in the beginning. Uh, where you know everything about the show immediately. Like, that's just what I, you know, you know superheroes are bad. You know they can cause collateral damage. You know why the boys are out for revenge. Um, so that's what I started doing. And uh, now the fact that, like, I can just talk about season one freely uh, with you is just so nice, just to knowing that it's out there.
3: Well, so, you know, going from season one to season two, season one I felt like kind of was a sleeper hit. And because there were, you know, there's this audience that hasn't read the comic. And so it was just kind of first getting introduced to this. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. And then slowly but surely, like picking up steam and and a lot of word of mouth. So when, you know, season two, of course, is already in development, you know, they're already writing things and stuff like that, even before the first season goes. I mean, all this stuff kind of has to get started early to make it here. But was there a lot of, you know, or any or any in that respect uh, fan feedback that you know was kind of brought into season two like we we need to Ooh. do a little less of this we need to do a little more of this What is that kind of thing factored in or is it you know this is i'm just sure like a vision thing
4: i think that that's more so a writing question because i don't know if if they if it did factor into season two they probably didn't tell us <laughs> but um i'm sure i'm sure i mean you have to be able to um i, I know some episodes were written before uh the show came out um before like the season one dropped uh but i'm sure with later episodes they definitely they had they yeah we're we're, you know eric is just such a responsible amazing showrunner and he wants to make this the best possible experience for the fans as as do we all so yeah of course i'm sure that they took feedback
3: well, so, and this is just a, a side question, but, but curious. Um, have you ever yeah. actually seen yourself drawn by Derek Robertson?
4: Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, really? he, yeah, it's, last year he did, um, he, uh, it's, it used to be like my Twitter banner for the longest time. Maybe, maybe I'll put it back up, but he nice. drew all of us in kind of a, uh, kind of the way he would draw the boys comic, and, but it was the actors from the show playing the parts uh and and yeah it was it was surreal it was really cool uh one of the focuses of season one
3: um with huey in particular was the relationship with billy and a relationship with starlight um yeah you know how in season two um do you do those relationships evolve in a do those evolve in a different
4: way because Mm. we're such in a a different space after season one ends it's interesting because uh, in season one, you know, Huey really needs Butcher in season one uh, to an extent. Um, he butchers a guy that fights for what he believes in. That's something that Huey lacks and it, it he doesn't see it in his own father. You know, he, so Butcher kind of becomes a surrogate older brother figure, father figure. And, uh, you know, there's something... That is really appealing uh, to Huey about Butcher because he's a guy that actually takes what he wants and 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 stands up for what he believes in. But then he starts to realize, okay, this guy's going to get us all killed because he's just a man on a mission and he won't, he, he can't stop to see any morally gray area. He can't stop to see that some of these superheroes are, are actually good people. Not all of them are corrupt and, and terrible. Uh, So, and then at the end of the the first season, he abandons us essentially to, to go after Homelander. So yes, that relationship gets super complicated because Huey's trying to step up a little bit and, and, and finish the fight. And uh, when he sees Butcher again, it's really contentious because, he's onto him now, you know, he's onto all of his razzle dazzle, you know, he, he understands who he really is. And he showed his true colors at the end of first season at the, at the end of the first season, you know, abandoning them. So I, I gotta say that was one of the more rewarding aspects of, excuse me, of season two uh, for me is just exploring that relationship with butcher. Now that Huey doesn't necessarily need him in the, in the same way that he did in season one. Uh, and then with Starlight, uh, yeah, Huey feels terrible about what happened in season one and how he was essentially lying to her the whole time. And I'll just leave it at that. He is, he is truly at a low point uh, when we first see him. With Huey, where
3: we are at the beginning of season two, is there mm-hmm. a giant jump by when we get to the end of season two? Is it going to be that bigger? Because we saw the the jump from season one at the beginning of season one to end of season one. Huey's so different in so many ways. Is it that same yeah. type of jump in season two, or is it or is it a little different? We uh,
4: you mean uh, uh, over the course of the season? Yeah, like as a character, are we going to see that yeah, same I mean, kind of we, growth and jump? Yeah, yeah. I think you see it from from everybody. What, what I really like about Huey's arc, um, without giving too much away, is that you know Huey is a person who. For the longest time in his life, was kind of relying on other people to kind of tell him what to do and 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 tell him where to go. And uh, you know, we see it even with with Robin. You know, like he uh, he loves her so much, but he's very dependent on people. You know, and uh, in season two, um, we see him try to kind of come into his own a little bit and uh, understand. You know what does what does he want from all of this? And uh, yeah, I think I think I think I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know how much more I can I can say, but th- that's uh, yeah. So that's
3: we can't talk about boys without talking about the seven. Um, right. I feel like it would be. I think it's safe to say that like it, everyone has their favorite member, and like all of them had crazy moments throughout the first season. But I feel like Homelander was the one that stuck out the most to yeah just because of some of the screwed up things he did by the end of season one. So in season two, um, if you had to guess and you had to estimate, uh, by the end of season two, who is the member of the seven that people will be talking about the most?
1: Oh,
4: God. It could just be Homelander again. I, I think it might just be Homelander again, but I think every... I think every member of the 7 has I mean they they do I don't know I can't say so much but I think the the 7 gets more complicated uh more interesting everyone has everyone takes interesting turns uh from that group I think you're really going to be surprised I will say I think you're really going to be blown away by Aya Cash as Stormfront um I, again, I can't say too much about her, but she is just a force, and she's gonna she's gonna bowl you guys over. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: well, I, yeah, I can't wait. And from the teases and everything, it looks like such a polar opposite to well, any of the team really, but to Homelander specifically. I mm-hmm. can't. I can't wait to see that. Dynamic. It's gonna be. It's gonna be insane. Um, I know uh, you, you've got to run uh, pretty soon. So, but I know that you are a big gamer, both of the. Tabletop variety and of the video game variety. I'm wearing um, a Bioshock shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like representing. That's, that's yeah. There we go. So, if you had to turn it into a game, Ooh. would you rather turn it into a video game or would you rather turn it into an RPG?
4: Uh, as in, like a tabletop yeah, as RPG? In a tabletop,
3: straight up D and d think. role playing it?
4: I think I think I would turn into a video game only because there are. Okay, let's just assume you could play as like anybody. That's like so many different types of game wrapped into one. You know, like you have you can play as essentially Superman, or you can play as uh, you know one of us grunts on the ground to make it like kind of a first person shooter. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff. Oh, you could so do. you could play as the seven and or the boys as, or the boys. Oh yeah, make God. it like a. I, I also I've always wanted them to like. I don't know. There's so many legal things to figure out with that, but I just, I've been spending a lot of my time, um, uh, playing Fortnite with Jesse T Usher who plays a train and every time, you know, you know, in quarantine, that's what you do. Uh, and every time I play, I'm like, this is perfect for like our characters, like this, just for skins. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Why aren't there boys Fortnite skins? Yeah. It just makes so much sense. Oh my god! It makes god, so much sense. I, yeah. It needs to be a thing. Um, uh, but, man, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, what... I think you could make v- many different games out of the boys' franchise. Because there's, you know, there's a game, you can make it all about A-Trend. You can make it all about uh, the boys and make it kind of like a tactical, you know, first-person shooter, third-person shooter type of thing. There's a lot of potential there. And it'd be cool as an RPG, too, as a tabletop RPG, too. But I just think the different kinds of gameplay you could get from a video game would be really cool
3: and yeah, we need to get rock steady on that that needs to be yeah, yeah. yes get them <laughs> get the guys
4: that did arkham asylum and, yes. and uh, arkham city and all that stuff get them yes well that
3: is a wonderful note to uh leave it on i really appreciate you taking the time to uh talk can't wait to see what the season holds and uh, for more boys coverage uh you can check out comicbook.com
0: <laughs> right, that was our interview with The Boys star, Jack Quaid. Season two is coming up in September. Be sure to check that out and check out the trailer for The Boys on our uh, comicbook.com page for The Boys. And uh, yeah, and the rest of our Comic-Con coverage. As Jim told you, we're going to have a lot of awesome interviews with a lot of the uh, people who are going to be at Comic-Con at home and doing big projects that you're going to want to see. So check all of that out on comicbook.com over the weekend while Comic-Con 2020 is running. That'll do it for this show. We want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in. If you're just now getting into comic, I just forget the name of our show, into Comic Book Nation, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates about the show. We're also on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're on Apple Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, We air episodes live on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday, or you can find archives of our uh, videos of our episodes on the comicbook.com YouTube page. You can also tell your Amazon Alexa device to fire up comic book nation podcast, and it'll do it for you automatically. If you want to talk to us, drop suggestions for topics or just say what's up. You can always find us hanging around the hashtag comic book nation, or you can find me at Kofi outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB.
2: You can find me at Jim Biscardi.
1: And at Adam Barnhart.
0: And if you're just now getting into the show because you've been on lockdown and looking for more podcasts to listen to, we give out free T-shirts to anybody whose five-star I, uh, Apple podcast we review, we read on – oh, my God, I just butchered that whole sentence. Listen, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we read them on the show periodically. And if we read yours, we'll send you a free T-shirt – One day when we get back in the studio and all get over this pandemic, we want to give away a lot of t-shirts to our loyal fans. So be sure to go on Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews for us. Otherwise, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoy Comic-Con at home as a way to stay checked in with other fans, stay healthy, be sure to reach out to us and let us know how you're doing. And we hope to see you next time. This has been comic book nation and we'll see you guys later. Peace. Janelle's was better.